1: This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. This is episode 19 of the Awesomers Podcast.
0: And for those of you keeping score at home, you can go to the awesomers.com slash 19 webpage. That's awesomers.com slash 19. And you will find all the relevant show notes and links and things that we talk about in this episode, including all the details about our special guest. And that special guest today is none other than Manny Coates, my friend. And he's also the co-founder of the Freedom Ticket and CEO and founder of the Helium 10. Uh, software program. Now, Helium 10 is a leading software company for Amazon sellers that provides a host of services and functions that really could help Amazon businesses. He's also the host of his own podcast known as the AMPM podcast, which is a free resource for learning about everything related to the private label industry as it relates to selling on Amazon in particular. I highly recommend if you sell on Amazon and you're thinking about selling on Amazon or any of the above definitely go subscribe to the AMPM podcast right now. He's been involved in the online marketing industry since the late 90s, and he's a regular speaker at major Amazon conferences. He's also created one of the largest active communities of Amazon sellers with over 45,000 members. And again, we'll have the links to all of these things in the show notes. All you have to do is go to awesomers.com 19. Uh, okay, everybody back at uh, Ossipers.com, uh, Steve Simonson here and joined today by a uh, special guest, Manny Coates. Manny, how are you?
2: I am excellent. How are you doing?
0: I know you are. Uh, I'm well as uh, uh, this actually sunny day in Seattle, which is a nice thing. Uh, it looks like it's sunny behind you in LA there, yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah. We're not in LA. We're in Orange County. We're oh, close, okay, an yeah. hour away. Yeah. I know. But yeah, it's, uh, it's beautiful out here. In wow. about an hour, you won't be able to see me because the sun will just be blasting through these uh, these shades.
0: Wow, that must be both uh, beautiful and also very warm in that office.
2: Yeah, right now it's, it's okay. It's going to get hot real soon. Okay, yeah. good.
0: All <laughs> right. Well, listen, we're going to dive in here. And uh, as we like to do, uh, just tell us kind of where you live today. And we may have gotten a, a spoiler alert there on the OC, but uh, where do you live today and kind of what do you do in general terms? And I know you have so many businesses and so many things, but feel free to kind of take us through that, that uh, gauntlet, if you will.
2: Yeah. So I live here in Southern California. Um, I'm the CEO and founder of Helium 10. Um, I'm the host of the AMPM podcast. Um, we have multiple, uh, businesses related, uh, to the Amazon space. So we have a photography company. We have a seller trademarks company. Um, you've been to one of our live, uh, mastermind events. We had one in Hawaii. We do that every year for, um, advanced sellers. So we have conferences for that. Um, I'm a co-founder of one of the training systems out there for Amazon sellers, So I dabble in a lot of things. Um, yeah. And I, I just, you know, when I want to try something else, I just take a little little bit of time off my sleep and add it over here. And that's how I do it.
0: I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> you're definitely uh, burning a candle on uh, multiple sides there, but you know, definitely Manny's one of the busiest awesomers I know, but the, the fact is he continues to execute at a high level, the Illuminati mastermind, uh, helium 10. So many of these examples, uh, just continue to be very, very excellent and and uh, well received. And I think uh, maybe the fundamental observation I have is that they all add value. They actually are worth something. Which yeah, is yeah,
2: absolutely. And you know, we we I think a big part of all of this is one of the things I want to do to continue to be able to expand the business is create a community. You're really good at that, right? So we created uh, our FBA high rollers group, forty five thousand Amazon sellers. So if I need the support of people, if I have questions, if I want to bounce ideas or start something, I already have, you know, a big, big following, a big group, a big community. It's awesome. I love that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Relationships and communities, they really do matter, especially for, for entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, we often find ourselves isolated alone. Uh, You know, I know you work in probably an office with a, a series of guys, but so many folks are out there kind of lone ranger and in the basement, and that can be a very lonely proposition. So it's nice to have those communities to fall back on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so just before uh, we uh, dive into kind of your, your very origins, the roots of Manny Coates, and everybody's going to want to tune into this, we're mm-hmm. going to take a quick uh, break and talk to our sponsors and find out what's cool about them.
2: Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets. What if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item by item profitability along with project and task management. And more features are being added all the time. Learn more at Parsimony.com parsimony.com
1: that's parsimony
2: p-a-r-s-i-m-o-n-y.com
1: parsimony.com we've got that you're listening to the awesomers podcast okay
0: here we are we're back again awesomers.com manny coates uh and he's going to tell us all the secrets that we need to know about how to be cool like him and uh so we're (laughs) going to start with uh the very beginnings manny where were you born
2: I was born in Spain. my dad is in the, or was in the Air Force. My mom was uh there in Madrid. They met and uh yeah, I was born on an air force base there in uh in uh, near madrid
0: How about that? Uh, I, I did know. not know that that's a very good one uh, yeah yeah, so I imagine you probably moved around quite a bit then huh um yeah,
2: well, I was there not that much honestly I, I was there until about ten years of age and then we moved out to california to uh to an air force base out here moved jumped around a couple of air force bases and then I've been in Southern California since. Um, I was just starting high school at about 13, 13 years of age or so is, is when I moved. And I've been here pretty much ever since I haven't left California.
0: Nice. Okay. And so yeah. you, you alluded to the fact that your father's in the military. Uh, in terms of your parents' careers, uh, did the father stay in the military? How about your mother?
2: Yeah, no, my mom was a stay at home mom. Uh, she took care of us and, uh, you know, instilled all the values in us, I guess, right? Um, my dad would try to take some of those away. He was kind of like a mountain man crazy. like, let's go out and do all this crazy stuff. Um, so it was, a, it was a good dynamic. Um, but yeah, he stayed in the military. After that, uh, uh, when he retired, he, uh, he went, he did aerospace. So he was worked for Lockheed Martin, um, some of those companies up in the high desert. And then, yeah, um, finally retired. And that's about when I had started my business and did my own thing. I love it. Yeah. Um,
0: and how about any siblings? Any? Uh... I have a brother.
2: Yeah, I have, I have a younger brother. Um, his name is Mike. Uh, he actually works here in the office with us. Uh, he basically now handles about 99% of my Amazon business um, that I started, you know, two and a half years ago. Um, he handles that now. So he actually probably knows more about the Amazon side of stuff than I do. You know, uh, so yeah, he's awesome.
0: Well, it's remarkable. And this is again, a lesson for awesomeers out there, you know, just in two and a half years, you know, for Manny coming to coming into this industry and, and observing an opportunity, he was able to kind of put something together and then put a bunch of other pieces around that puzzle. Uh, that's boy, that is somebody who really can see the big picture. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, I think so. I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, as long as we're heaping on praise to Manny, he's going to get on board. <laughs> um, no, no, but- it's, it, it's cool though. You know,
2: it, if I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like this. I have, you know, I, I hear people always say, oh, you know, anybody can do anything they want and, I don't see that to be the case uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship. Um, I have a lot of friends. This is just my, my observation. I have a lot of friends who are like, man, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, all right, cool. All you have to do is work 12 hours a day, seven days a week for the first amount of, you know, for the first year, let's say. You willing to do that? And they're like, no, I'm not. that's crazy talk. And I'm like, well, that's probably not for you, you know, because um, it's not always easy. Some people, I don't, I, you know, some people can do it in 20 hours a week, um, but it takes dedication if you really want to, you know, go at it like, I guess, like I do, or like a lot of people do.
0: Well, this is, this is the thing. I, I definitely agree that the, you know, the, the concept of, hey, anybody can do anything they set their mind to, fine, whatever, that, let, leave that to the uh, philosophers. But the reality is if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have to work and you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to solve problems day in and day out. That's kind of our job, don't you think?
2: I do. And, and, and it never. there's not a defining moment of when your day uh, starts and stops. You, know, you think, okay, I'm going to stop at five o'clock. But if there's a fire, you know, if you're, there's a problem with your business and it's 9 p.m. or it's 11 p.m. and it's crushing your business, you're on it, right? If it's somebody else's, you know, if you're an employee somewhere, you don't care. Like, ah, i like, I'll take care of that at 9 in the morning when I get there. So <laughs> right. it never ends. And if you're doing Amazon, I didn't know this when I was doing it, but you're working your whole day shift. And then you're coming on at like 9 o'clock at night to work with the, you know, your, your sourcers in, uh, in Ch- your factories in China. So then you're doing another four or five hours at midnight, you know, kind of thing. So it's crazy, yeah.
0: It is. It, it definitely is a 24-hour day, as it turns out. Uh, often my days begin with uh, Europe in the very early morning. They proceed to the United States, and then uh, India and China at night. Yeah. And uh, sleep is fitted in there at times. Uh, yeah,
2: absolutely. And if you do it right, though, hopefully, yeah, you do the massive hours in the beginning. But as you build teams and you get, you know, things in place then you can start to take off. You're the boss is like, all right, things are, are running okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do my thing and, and you can cut things way back.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and ultimately, that's the key for me. You know, Once you put systems in place and then you have the team to run those systems. Uh, and, and by the way, Helium 10 has a lot of very, very good uh, systems built in there. Uh, kudos to you guys. Was that just something you guys built for yourself and then it, it evolved into what it is today?
2: Yeah, so so Helium 10, uh, for those that aren't familiar with, with what it is, um, they're tools for Amazon sellers. So we have, when I started in Amazon about two and a half years ago, uh, December of 2015 is when I got into it. There weren't that many tools out there, believe it or not. Right now there's a ton of tools, but um, the tools that were out there had deficiencies, or they just didn't do what I wanted. And I was coming from the mobile app side of the business. um, And I'm like, well, I have teams, I can create whatever I want. So let's start creating some stuff. And I was just giving it out for free. I started my podcast at the same time. And I was talking about what I was doing. People like, how the heck are you doing that? And I'm like, oh, I got this tool. So I gave it up for free. Uh, first few, I think the first couple tools were, were absolutely free. And um, yeah, eventually I kept adding more and more things and uh, costs went up and I'm like, well, maybe I should start charging for this. And that's how Helium 10 was born. And, nice. I and so and, and we got now what, 20, 20 some odd tools. And, and I wanted to place the, the whole idea for our, our tool set was you don't have to go over here and over here and over here with all these different tools to do what you want, which you need for, for a business. You can go to one place and get, at least if you're in the Amazon space like we are, and you can get everything done in one place for one, one small price per month. Which yeah, is what,
0: it's very, very smart. Uh, yeah. Systemization, especially with the center core, is very, very important. So how about university? Did you go to university?
2: I did not. No, no. I, I, um, it, it was super important back when I was about to go, and, and nowadays it seems like a lot of people aren't putting that much emphasis in it, uh, especially entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah, I was about I was wanting to go. And at the same time, um, right, right when that happened, I got uh, a pretty, a pretty sweet deal at a finance company um, that I should never have gotten the job for I was just way underqualified for. But I did really well on all the tests they gave me. <laughs> and I got hired. And I'm like, man, I'm making more money doing this than I would when I graduated high school. I'm mean, sorry, college, um, or, or my friends are going to be
0: making so right. That yeah, kind you could do the math on. Uh, I could put four years and uh, whatever debt or expense in, and still make less money potentially.
2: Yeah. Oh, I knew what my friends were going to be making when they came out uh, for whatever job they were going to be doing, right? And then I was just like, well, you know, I'm making that right now. I don't have to put in the time. But the the trickery in the whole thing was that the company. And I did still want to go to college, even even with all that. They said, all right, we're, we in order to move up through the company, um, to become a VP type level uh, player at the company, you're going to need uh, a college degree and they were willing to pay for my college education. It was an incentive they uh, they had, but what I didn't know is they work you to death. They put you on salary and then they work you 80 hours a week.
0: You have no time for school or studying or anything like that. So um, it never happened, yeah. It's a common uh, tactic in the finance business in particular. Uh, oh, really? work them uh, right, right to the bone. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I find that very interesting. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, for the uh, awesomeers listening at home, you're listening to a couple of college dropouts. Uh, I went for one semester and was too poor and dropped out. And uh, that's a story for another day. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the fact is, uh, you can still accomplish something even without a specific certificate. Yeah. Uh how about so that after that first job was that, was that your last kind of proper w two job? Did you get in the entrepreneur business after that, or did you have another job after that? yeah
2: no um the finance um the, the backstory to it if, if if you got two minutes, i'll tell you how it all happened. Um, I was in the lending industry and I loved it you know I started when I was nineteen years old um, and i was the only it was a nine thousand person company and I was the only one at the company that didn't have a college degree, so you had to have a college degree to get this job. And then and I, I slipped through like that. I told you I, I shouldn't have got that job. Um, they messed up. So they, they hired me. I did really well. I promoted through management. Um, I got my own branch essentially. And the industry, uh, changed. And, it, um, there was just a, a, um, a recession. Everything went to, 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 to crap essentially. Um, and we went from lending to collecting. So all of these loans, all these things that we had out there, uh, the company's like you guys have to start going out and either start getting payments or repossess you got to take people's uh, cars you got to take people, anything that that it, we weren't uh, anything that they were financing we had to take so we would get these big u-haul trucks and it would just be on a specific day like you know the 15th of the month we'd go out right and we we'd have you know 20 places we'd go to 20, 20 houses to start repossessing and we went to this one house it was out in the middle of nowhere small little house and knocked on the door and a father was there, you know, really nice guy. He was holding the hand of, of his daughter, a small girl. And he was just the nicest guy I ever. Saying, you know, I was in the aerospace industry. It went, it went uh, you know, I lost my job. I can't find anything. And I knew because my dad was kind of in that space too. Um, and we're like, well, we got to take, if you can't pay for this, you're like three, four months behind, we got to take the stuff. So we started going to the house and it, his, his loan was secured on the furniture that he had financed. And we took a few things out. And the last thing we were taking out was a couch. And it was one of those uh, pull-out bed type couches. And as we were taking it out, me and my assistant manager, um, the little daughter looks up at her dad and says, Daddy, you know, where are they taking my bed? And I, at that point, my heart just like, just crushed. That was just like, you know what? That was the defining moment. That was when I decided I'm, not, I'm done with this job. I'm gonna, I, I already knew kind of what I wanted to do as an entrepreneur. And that was, that was the last day I put in my notice the next morning and, uh, I moved on.
0: So, wow. Yeah. And, yeah. and what a, uh, a tumultuous time that was, but to see it kind of firsthand and the, you know, the real consequence of, you know, the, the guy, he would have paid his bills, but he lost his job, you know, and the, the job disappeared because of, you know, whatever upstream economic impact, but to see that impact, uh, whew, that's hardcore stuff right there.
2: Yeah. I, I, if I have a, a soft spot, I'd say it gets to be a, just a little child, Saying you're taking their bed. Like, that's, yeah, that's horrible. Right.
0: It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my yeah. At least you didn't try to repossess the pet, man, Manny. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. So that was it. Well, it's it's also fascinating to me that they they transition you from finance or you know, presumably some kind of sales position into a furniture moving repossession position. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The companies, they were pretty desperate back then. That company ended up, uh, essentially almost folding and getting, um, bought out by another company beneficial. I think they were, um, but they were just trying to get as much money. We, I remember we'd have all of this stuff, right. Just and a lot of it was cool stuff, right. You know, they're like, Oh my God. And we would sell it for pennies on the dollar.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: you know, just to try to recoup. Some of, for the yeah, company.
0: some of it. It was definitely a different time. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that is a clear defining moment uh, to yeah. kind of lead you down. And what was your first business that you uh, ended up pursuing after that point?
2: So after that, um, I decided to uh, get into 3D animation. And I know now 3D animation, people are like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But back then, we're talking about 23 years ago, right? Or no, actually, yeah, about 20, 24 years ago there there was no real 3D animation. The commercials on TV were just starting to come out with some some of the stuff, and I was really into that. I, uh, there was a software that came out called Lightwave 3D 1.0, the very first one, and I um, decided to um, create a magazine around this. The magazine was by accident. Um, I actually was creating tutorial videos on VHS, they were those cassettes <laughs> that you used to stick in, right, for those of you that are young enough not to know what they were. Um, but, yeah, hashtag Google it. <laughs> yeah. But we would create these things and we, we were, it was called Lightspeed and we were selling these things. And I'm like, you know what? I can buy a list of, of people that are interested in animation and I can mail out to these, you know, not email out, but like direct mail. And um, I can get them to try to buy these things. And I go, but you know, it'd be cool. And I just thought of the idea. I'm like, what if I contact some of the people that sell in the space and see if they're willing to you know, split the cost with me and they can put their ad in there. And then after I got like two or three people that said, yeah, we'll do that. I'm like, you know what? I don't want people to just throw this flyer away. So I'll maybe put an article in there and make it kind of cool. That way they'll hold on to it. And then I was like, well, now I have enough ad ad, uh, advertisers that I can put another article in there. And before I knew it, I had like a 50 something page magazine. And I'm like, well, I'm going to put a glossy cover on it, learn how to do the whole thing. Came out with issue number one of a magazine called Lightwaving. and, um, And it became super popular in that space. And then within a year, I had one of my original advertisers from the very first episode said, hey, are you interested in selling this? I'm like, sure. I didn't know anything about business. Other, you know, it was crazy. And they're like, well, we'll give you 50 grand. I'm like, 50 grand? I'm like, oh my God. I lived in this little podunk kind of terrible town. It was, it was just bad. I'm like, 50 grand will get me out of here, right? it take me out to Southern California, to, to LA or to San Diego. And I sold it. 50 grand seemed like just a ginormous amount of money at the time. And that's, that's what I did. And I, I love it. it. Yeah.
0: Well, wow, boy, what a, what a circuitous route that you took, right? Uh, I'm going to do this one thing. And then that turns into the next thing. And I love the idea, by the way, for us out there listening, take note of the fact that he's like, I got this idea on how to send this thing out to people and it could be good, but who can I get to share the cost with me? Right. right. And that's that collaboration is a common move people still do today. You know, whether you think about it as partners or affiliates or collaborators, whatever it is being able to go to different people and say, Hey, here's an idea. I can do this part. You do that part. And let's, uh, you know, split the cost, share the benefit, whatever the case may be. So uh, you were definitely ahead of your time, pioneer for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want them to throw away my ad. I'm like, man, if they look at it every single day, you know, pe- companies, uh, will give you, you go to conferences and you get pens and you get stuff because their brands on it. They hope that you look at this thing every single day. I'm like, if I have my ad, I don't want them to throw it away. And if there's a cool article or if it's a newsletter and then, then eventually a magazine, they're not going to throw it away. They're going to keep it. So, and it worked, you know, and we made, not only we sold magazines, but we sold uh, the, the videos later. It was uh, DVD or CD-ROMs for your computer. And then we did, um, what else did we do? Oh, we published, I think the first two or three books uh, for, for that space. So it was very cool. Nice. You
0: yeah. know, again, to me, the, the tangible piece of being able to say, you know, we're going to do this, but you made a product worth having right? That's the point, right? Uh, Too often marketeers, all of us are guilty of this on some level at some time. We're like, I just need to get an ad up or I need to get a product down. And we don't actually take the time to go, will people care about this? Will they throw it away in your case, right? An ad showing up in the mail that goes in the garbage pretty quick. uh, But building the value around it and and anybody who sells physical products, digital products, doesn't matter. There's lessons to be had there. Make your product worth having for goodness sake. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, how about, um, so that was a, a, an amazing, uh, <laughs> amazing little twist on a, a magazine career there. Uh, how about, uh, give me a lesson. So from, from you know, kind of way back to the beginning to now, is there a big lesson that stands out in your mind that you say, you know, this one either hurt or this one was really good or, you know, but just some lesson you could share with the awesomers out there.
2: A lesson. Now um, there's so many different things. I would say the biggest thing, and this is more recent um, because I was kind of like the, uh, just, I did things very solo for a while. My brother ended up joining me early on in, in my entrepreneurship businesses, I guess, that I had. But I've realized that a team is one of those... As soon as I started hiring people and getting teams together, the the light bulbs would go off. The aha moment. I'm like, oh my God, I, I can do 10 times more than I was doing. And, and it's hard, right? As a business owner, you... You're so nitpicky about every little detail that you're like, nobody can do it as well as I can. I know what I need to do. And you have to give up some of that control in order to grow. And I think that was probably one of my defining moments when I heard, and I don't remember who it was. I probably read it and I've heard people on stage say it and I, whatever it is. But they're like, you've got to have teams. you got to have you know, um, structure in place. And you got to be working on your business, not in your business. And I think that was, for me, the biggest eye-opener.
0: Yeah, boy, I can tell you that that lesson – uh, people should be taking special note of it because, you know, fundamentally, uh, a lot of people get in their mind that you know I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that, and even if that's true, you're not scalable as an individual. And usually, by the way, it's not true. There's always somebody better at a particular skill than you. And yeah. you know that that's been true in you know many businesses I've had, including businesses that have passed 500 employees. It it always scales faster when you have a good team. Now that doesn't mean we don't make mishires, right? I'm sure uh, you know <laughs> if you've had any staff of any time, there's hires that we make that we made the original mistake or maybe they compounded it by not being that great of a, a worker, but those things happen as a, as a part and parcel to hiring teams. Uh, have you faced any of that kind of a challenge?
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. We've hired so many bad people over the years. Um, I've had people that I trusted completely, they end up stabbing you in the back. I've had the the, the only, Lawsuits that I've had at you know from owning a company have been from people that work at my company, and it's you know, of course it comes to the company because they're their employees. Um, yeah, I've had some really bad stuff. And the other thing, it's hard. I mean, our at least my standards, and I think this this kind of uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are going to have this. We work so hard, we grind so much that our standards are very high. So when you see somebody punching the clock at at five o'clock, like not even five, oh, when o one, they're already out the door, and you're like what are you, have you been watching the clock the whole time? Are you that bored that you have to look at the clock? Cause I'm one of those guys where I'm like two o'clock. I'm like, okay, maybe I should take a lunch. Is it noon yet? And I'm like, Oh my God, it's like two thirty. you know, time is flying because you know, you're, you're working so, so much. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always going to be bad people, but you know, if you hired three awesome people for every one bad person, you just have to, you know, just get rid of them move on. And it's not that big of a deal. Right.
0: Well, this is the, this is the primary lesson is, Teams are the ultimate secret to scale, right? You can have strategy, you can have systems, but to scale, you have to have the team implement those systems. And without it, you, it's just not scalable. And I'm sure that there's plenty of people out there that give me, well, this one guy I knew, he started a company, sold it for a billion dollars, and it was just him and his cat. And fine, I'll, I'll say that's the exception that proves the rule. Most companies are not run by solopreneurs and cats. Uh, often they have teams, uh, right?
2: Yeah, and you can outsource so easily now, now that everybody's connected globally, um, you know, go to online or something like that and hire, that's where we hire almost all of our support teams, right? You can get people there for, you know, under a thousand bucks a month that, that are just awesome, way better than us at doing those jobs, right? You can go to, uh, Upwork, you know, you can, used to be Odesk. I, I've been, I've got like 50,000 hours logged on Odesk or Upwork now, um, yeah. since the beginning, right? I mean, yeah, there's no reason to, uh. To, to not have good teams now.
0: Well, and especially because you don't have to hire people full time, uh, We right. have uh, many examples and in the show notes, we'll put some links into some of the, our favorite resources. but many examples of just going, you know what? We need this type of role for 10 hours a week and we need that type of role for 20 hours a week. And then as it grows, you can, you can grow those roles. But it mm-hmm. truly is uh, the solid days for you know hiring people because it's global and you can find experts, as you said, far more qualified for certain tasks and certain uh measures you know and they're offshore than we would do ourselves I I know that's true I had a at one time I had an office in the Philippines we had over 100 people and uh, for a past company and there were so many extraordinary people there uh really really uh top performers so that's very good lessons uh how about this so you know it sounds like you've had a lot of um of the you know good stuff happening give me a time where if one exists where maybe you had a, an issue or a challenge or some, some thing happened where you said, maybe I should give up. Maybe, maybe this mm-hmm. isn't for me. Did, has that ever happened to you? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, if you've been in business long enough, it's happened. Right. Um, there's always,
2: I, have never met somebody. Oh, I mean, I guess there's going to be that unicorn entrepreneur where, you know, just everything's always been awesome. Right. Um, if you look at the most successful people in, in the world, almost all of them had bankruptcies, right? They've had bad times, right? Um, I've, yeah, I I think the one that really, really stands out, and it leads from the original story I told you, when I moved to San Diego, right, I bought a boat a little boat. I'm like, man, I'm out by the beach. I live nowhere close to the beach. I was hours away. So I got this little <laughs> boat and I'm like, 50 grand will last me forever, right? <laughs> no, it lasts you about a year when you live in San Diego. So I'm, I'm running low. I'm like, man, I'm about four months out. I'm going to start some, a new business. So I started a protein supplement company. And then I'm like, oh, the, the internet, it's like, I think this was like 98. I'm like, there's this thing called the internet. Some people are getting on it. I like jokes, so I'll I'll create like a little joke page, and I can send jokes to my friends and stuff. And it started growing. Like I, I created this little referral thing, and and people started sending it, and I started getting these subscribers. Well, that was just for fun. Uh, the the protein company ended up getting sued by the World Wrestling Federation, you know, like uh, you know Hulk Hogan guys, um, because I called my product. Uh, I think it was called Titan Titan Sports something, and their their uh their company their their parent company is called Titan Sports. Um, so I was like man so they came after me and they're like you got to stop so i i ended up having to i had all this this protein powder and all this stuff and i just had to get rid of so i lost i had invested most of the remaining cash that i had into that right so i was you know terrified i was i had my truck repossessed i had, I had a vehicle my truck got repossessed i was already i think um a month and a half two months late on my rent i had eviction notices coming in right they were literally about to send um um people up to Get me out of there forci- forcibly, and it was right, right before that all happened. Right before I was about to get evicted, I was talking to some guy, uh, and I can't even remember his name or how it happened. It was, it was uh, somebody that introduced me to him, and he's like, "Hey, have you got this joke site? And you're getting like, you know, several hundred people every single day that are are joining your joke site. Why don't you do something called co-registration?" And I'm like, "I don't know what is co-registration. I don't know what that means." For those of you that don't know what that means, right, it's basically when someone's signing up for something, there could be another little checkbox there and it could say, hey, would you also like to get the horoscope of the day or another checkbox next to that one says, would you like to learn how to lose weight or whatever it is, right? And companies will pay you if you send them that email lead, right? This is back in the day when email was exciting. When it was exciting to, to actually get announcements when you got an email, like you've got mail. And you're like, yes, I got an email.
0: Yeah. Woo hoo, today's the day everybody, I got one.
2: Yeah, so so I was like, man, I can sell these for like 20 cents each, right? So that day, suddenly when I was getting, you know, um, let's say 500 signups, and I can make 10 cents off of each one because almost everybody checked it. I think we even left them pre-checked, right? Um, I was like, man, I'm, I'm suddenly making like 50 bucks a day off this one. Ad. And then I had another one. And then I started bringing up my price. And pretty soon I went from making no money on this joke site that was just up for fun to, to turning it into a, a long, you know, fast forward a year or so doing seven figures. Wow. Um, but I remember going down, getting that first check. And I was like, I think it was 1500 bucks, cashing it and running down and paying my rent like the day before they were going to kick me out. Um, so that was when I wanted to quit. I was, I was already contemplating moving back with my folks. And it was bad. And it's like, don't give up, man. Just keep going. And I love that. Uh, <laughs> you know, it
0: really again. So often, especially in this world we live in, with Facebook and Instagram, right? It's all yeah. the shiny moments. It's all the, you know, here I am in at, you know, the Coliseum, or here I am in New York, or everybody's like, you know, everybody's out there winning, and you know, here I am, you know, sitting here again with my cat, you know, Whiskers, and and we got nothing going for us, but really. It's not all the shiny moments, right? We all have faced these challenges. We've all been you know, yeah. through those things. And, and your point about don't give up, just keep going, uh, really, really important. Man, I love that story. Yeah,
2: and that business, uh, it, it was called TwistedHumor.com, became the world's largest humor site at the time, right? It was humongous. And we leveraged all that traffic to build other businesses and other things that we were doing. And all of those came with problems. All of them had the same. I mean, not that uh, I was about to lose all my money, but it was like, maybe it was a problem legally, you know, something happening on this side, or it might've been employees or if there was, there's always problems, always headaches. You just got to deal with them you know, as you go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as of course, as you build experience over time, you're like, Hey, last time I had this situation come up, I did this and I had a problem. So I'm going to do something different and maybe avoid that problem. And that yeah. just comes with experience and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, also with relationships, uh, you know, sharing best practices as you do so often on the, uh, AMPM podcast, which I love. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, so that was a time maybe where you want to give up. Give me a time where you look to go, you know what, this was a pretty good day. This was a day, that, uh, I want to take a victory lap. I'm, I'm proud to be involved with this day. Do you have one of those you can share with us?
2: Yeah, I have a lot of those. That's a great thing about having your own businesses. You're, you're, you're always going to have that, right? I guess the very first one I remember obviously getting a finance job that I didn't expect I'd ever get and suddenly I'm making more money than I would have if I went to school, that was a good one. Um, having, selling my business, my first business, that's always a big moment, 50 grand was insane. Um, when I was in the mobile app business, um, I had an app that jumped to the number three overall best app, it was free app, um, in the United States. And you know, I, I didn't have it monetized very well, but even because it was number three uh, on the, the charts, it was making like $20,000 a day, which was insane money wow. to me at the time but but it could have been making like 200,000 if I knew what I was doing. But that was cool to be like to have an app up there. That those are all wins. Um and I think as you progress in your business, things become kind of routine like oh that's normal like oh man, you know I would love to hit $100,000 a month. Yeah, I hit it and then I'd like to hit, you know, generate a million dollars in sales. You hit that, starting a podcast. I have so many. I mean, they're all we try to celebrate all our victories here and there's I think if you spend time to do that, our, our for example, our office, um, we have KPIs and we have charts, and ev- probably every week or every two weeks, there's some victory. You can win at something. There's like 20 things going on, and we give people money and spin wheels and do fun activities and take the office out because I think you got to. It's not always the grind and the work you know, that, that you're putting in there. You gotta you gotta have fun and you gotta celebrate. So celebrate small things.
0: Boy, I can't agree more. Uh, it, you know, We used to have a, a, a forum we would call the Wednesday Weekly Wins, right? And we wanted to kind of encourage people to call out their win of the week because everybody gets one, right? Nobody sits around for a week without getting something done. And, and the bigger ones, that's when you do the the, the team meals or whatever. Um, and, and I think too often, entrepreneurs, they don't take the victory lap. They're like, all right, you know, uh, hashtag hustle. I, I'm, I've been told I have to just keep going. And But take a minute and take that victory lap. Not only is it good for you as the entrepreneur and the leader, mm. but it's extraordinarily essential for your team. This is how they they bond. This is how they put the the uh, their DNA into the business. Do you, how, what do you think about that? Is that fair to no? Say?
2: I I absolutely I agree one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, it, you know the 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 secret to to having good people and nurturing a good team and having a culture that people care about is to celebrate those victories together. And uh, I think that's really smart the way you're doing it.
2: Yeah, it just bonds you together, and and you know we try to do those activities, even if it's uh, taking everybody out to lunch or hanging out for drinks or going to the movies or whatever it is. You know, going rock climbing, um, doing some some uh, charitable stuff. You know, going out and actually giving to the community and helping people. There's there's with animals, with people, whatever. You know, there's there's things you can do as a as a group um, that people remember. I still remember some of the most vivid memories I have of working at the finance company wasn't. All the accolades and stuff, it was like when we would go to charitable events, we were forced to go. Our manager, was like, we're going to this thing, and we're like, ah man, it's on a weekend, you know, and we'd go to these things and they were awesome, you know, just helping all those people um or
0: their, their memories, they're awesome. Love it. Yeah, that's uh again a very, very good lesson. Uh, to break kind of the daily paradigm, you need to break the routine to yeah. uh kind of keep the thing going. Uh so before we take a break uh and then look to the future. Um, maybe you could tell us what your favorite tool is uh, to kind of carry on your your day-to-day schedule, business lifestyle. Uh, Helium 10 seems like a pretty uh, easy laydown one, so I'm going to set that one aside. Uh, do you have a, a tool or a, a app or whatever that kind of makes your life easier to to lead?
2: Netflix when I go home and relax. <laughs> no, no. On a serious note, I like note, that though, one. Yeah. Okay. No, I, um, I would say at work, um, the tool that I probably use the most um, is. Oh, man. We use so many different things. I would say Monday. Are you, are you familiar with that tool? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So we use Monday and it's just, just to kind of keep the teams together with everything, keep everything organized. Um, um it works really good. I don't, I don't use it daily media silos because we do a lot of video, a lot of content and training and stuff. Media silos is kind of keeps all of that stuff super organized. If you do any kind of video and audio, it's awesome. You know, for, I don't want, it's not a pitch for that stuff, but check it out. Cause it's pretty cool.
0: But I would yeah, say, no, yeah, that's good to know. Uh, this one I'm going to check out myself. Uh, media Silo, that is. Um, and you know, at some point, we'll compare our Netflix uh, <laughs> favorites. Uh, one of my favorites, I'll give you this one before uh-huh. we go to break uh, The Assets. Uh, nice. You can find it on uh, Netflix. It's a mini series about this famous spy, Aldrich Ames. And if, if anybody likes suspense, if anybody likes mystery or history, this one is for you. So uh, you can take that to the bank. Uh, We'll be right back after uh, a quick word, uh, pay some bills, and uh, then talk about the future.
1: Catalyst88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast.
0: Okay, here we are back again. Manny Coates uh, telling us the way it is, and we're learning so much. I'm having a great time. Uh, but we're going to now get out uh, the proverbial crystal ball and look to the future. And maybe you can give us a, a sense of either where you'll be or where your companies will be, or maybe just the world at large. What, what that looks like five years from now.
2: Man, five years ago. I mean, five years from now. Um, yeah,
0: let's go forward. Yeah, let's move back yeah. to the future.
2: I think in five years, I'm going to be. Just cresting fifty years of age. Um, I always told myself that at fifty years of age, I'd like to be officially done. Like I want to be retired. If I if I don't ever want to work or anything, I don't have to. Um, and I feel like I'm at that point now. Um, but I I want to keep doing stuff. But it would be nice. Like I haven't actually sat down, Steve, to to like like to read books for fun. Like, it seems like everything I read is like, Oh, here's a business book. You know, this is going to help me. I like to just to read something goofy or whatever. Um, just not have to worry about waking up at a certain time. So that would be pretty cool. But knowing myself, I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is I'll exit this current company and I'll take a portion of those funds. Um, we'll probably start something else up maybe two or three things if I know myself, but what I will try to do is I'll have, um, I'll do better at, at creating the teams initially so that I don't have to be there 40 hours a week. I'll It'd be more of a part-time capacity for on my side. Um, I think that's probably what's going to happen. But I mean, five years, I'm going to be enjoying all the craziness that's going to be going in five years from now. I mean, we're going to have autonomous vehicles. You don't have to drive anywhere. Car ownership is going to be falling, right? Because you're not going to need vehicles. Um, augmented reality, virtual reality is going to be crazy. Amazon will probably own just about everything out there, you know, you put on your Oculus glasses of some kind and be able to buy things wherever you're yeah,
0: at. Droned whatever they need to to you. Yeah, that's quite. Yeah. It is going to be a very interesting time. I definitely. Uh, I I think your vision about kind of the next iteration of whatever company or companies that you build, where you build it to where you could be an optional component, right, instead of a required right. component. It doesn't mean that you're not delivering the vision. It doesn't mean uh, that you're not critical to the organization from the you know kind of the backbone of it. But ultimately, the day-to-day circulation needs to continue, whether you're checked in or checked out, and that's that's something that you do get experience with as you build companies to to make it less reliant on you day-to-day on day one, and more you're willing to invest more to build that team up front. I think that's a an important step. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. if you're anything like me, retirement sucks. Uh, I what? tried to retire around 2012. Uh. And I had, you know, the, the life, anybody dream of multiple cruises and beach vacations. And, you know, the reality is my friends couldn't come out and play with me enough uh, because they didn't have a fully free lifestyle. Uh, My girlfriend, my kids got sick of being on vacation and I ended up kind of being miserable. And then I would feel guilty because I was miserable because I leave, uh, lead a dream life. Right. And so that little shame spiral, I don't recommend it. And uh, so in whatever way you choose to be plugged in, you 're on the right track in my opinion to build stuff that you care about and that you can make a difference doing and feel fulfilled by that, but be able to check in and check out anytime you want right that that lifestyle really is something aspirational so very yeah cool.
2: I might come full circle I started with 3 d animation um, then got into kind of the, the business side of stuff, but now i 'm really, really loving the whole augmented reality and virtual reality stuff, so I might end up end up back in that space. We actually have the camera can 't see it, but in our office we have two Um, two simulators, essentially, so people can put their headgear on and be in whatever world they want. I just love that stuff. So maybe I'll end up back there.
0: Look at that. Uh, uh, word on the street, Disney, is that Manny Coates is coming <laughs> for Pixar. Watch it. <laughs> no, different uh, thing. Augmented reality movies with uh, Manny Coates. I like that. <laughs> have uh, you tried so it, like, have, Manny... have you put on a headset yet? Oh, yes. Of course. I, listen, I'm a nerd from way back man. I had the, the original virtual reality things and the, you'd go to the arcade and you'd look around and you couldn't really do anything. Sometimes you'd get one gun and that didn't shoot straight, but you could just look around and that was amazing. Yeah. To have that technology now kind of brought into either the phone or the home or whatever, it's really an extraordinary time we live in.
2: It's, it's insane. They now have a one, I just bought one, it's like 200 bucks, I called an Oculus Go. And you can plug your Netflix into it, because we're talking about Netflix. And you could be anywhere, you could be on a plane, you could be it, it doesn't require a computer, it's all set. And you're in a living room with like an eight foot screen in front of you watching your Netflix movie on it while you're sitting on a plane. It's cool. It's the coolest. I have that.
0: not done that one. The name of that again is Oculus Rift. It's,
2: it's called no. The Oculus Rift is an expensive. One that needs a computer. Um, it's called an Oculus Go, and it's Oculus like I think go. it's like two hundred to three hundred bucks. And it's you use your phone to download all the stuff, and once it's downloaded, you just put it in your suitcase or your carry on bag, and you can well, be doing whatever you want. You can play games, watch movies, all kinds of stuff. It's cool. All right, we're
0: gonna make sure we get that in the show notes because I got to get me one. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely, I love that kind of stuff. It really is fun uh, yeah. to play with. Uh, so uh, tell us, uh, how do we find uh, you, your businesses uh, online? What, what's the best place to go? Uh,
2: my <laughs> primary business is uh, Helium 10 now. Uh, so you, you can, uh, Helium10.com is our website. Um, you can contact us there. If you want to actually reach and talk to me in our community, um, we've got a Facebook group called the FBA High Rollers, about 45,000 members at, at the time of this podcast right now. Um, and you can get there just by going to our podcast site, which is ampmpodcast.com forward slash Facebook. And, uh, yeah, that's probably the best way I'm, I'm active in that community all the time.
0: Yeah, you sure are. And I think that's, uh, we'll make sure we get that in the show notes, everybody. So don't worry if you didn't get it down, you can go to the, uh, the page, uh, we'll announce at the end and get all that, those details done. So, uh, Manny, of course, I've always uh, uh, enjoyed talking to you, and and I always learn a lot. I love some of the stories. I love your sense of humor. It's hilarious. Uh, (laughs) But now that we're near the end, it's it's time to really dive deep and come up with some words of wisdom for the uh, awesomers out there listening at home. Words of wisdom. All right, let me see. Uh, You can... First of all, always surround yourself with awesome
2: people, awesomer people. Right? right. Um, Cut out the people that complain all the time, the bad seeds. You—they're going to rub off on you. Okay, you don't want that. Hire people that are smarter than you. Okay, that's what you want. Okay, and um, and then I would say the uh, another final good one would be put a value on your time, on your hourly. What's your hourly rate? Is it is it one dollar an hour or thousand dollars an hour? Right? And then anything that you're doing on a day to day basis, just write it all down. Right if it's does if you're valuing yourself at $500 an hour and it doesn't qualify as a $500 an hour task outsource it free up your time so that you can work on your business and expand that yeah those would be the things i talk about
0: boy such good advice and really that's uh, the, the last one in particular i like to dive in on because so often i i talk to entrepreneurs around the globe and and that's one of the things i love that's my passion is to hang out with entrepreneurs and and really actually that was my solution to being depressed after trying to retire by the way is I got to go hang out with people who are fun and cool. And then that's more, more exciting to me. And it's yeah. really uh, you know, changed the way I get to live. But when you have that opportunity to you know, bring in the good people around you, as you talked about, uh, and then you know, kind of give them the opportunity to, to carry the ball farther for you, I think that's a really important thing. And, and I hope uh, everybody at home is taking very, very careful notes. Uh, these are definitely things you should act on. Uh, Manny, thank you again for coming online. Uh, it's really great to see you. Uh, everybody, don't uh, hesitate to check the show notes. Make sure you're subscribed to the AMPM podcast. It's very well worth the listen. Uh, you'll, you'll be glad you did. And uh, thank
1: you again, Manny. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Have a going, one, guys. All right. And we'll be back right after this. Empowered. The name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do. Because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. Boy, I always love hanging out with Manny. He's a
0: fun guy. Uh, You know, it was a little dicey there for a moment when we were deciding who was going to go shirts and skins. But luckily, we all just kept our shirts on. Uh, But nevertheless, uh, Manny's origin story and how he's gotten started and how he's helped out people, it's just something that should absolutely be admired and respected. And uh, don't forget to go to the awesomers.com slash 19 webpage. That's a special webpage that we've set up and you'll be able to find all of the notes including some nice access and discounted access to the programs that we've discussed here. Now remember, I don't take personal affiliate commissions or anything like that, I never have. Uh, All of the efforts related to this podcast go to the Empowery Nonprofit Member-Owned Cooperative. So any of the the efforts, discounts, uh, promotions, or other things, those are all to the benefit of the Empowery Cooperative. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a, a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.